Welcome in, everyone. Flex Appeal Show is on the air. Dynasty Fantasy Football. Today, we are going to discuss some news and notes. Free agency on the rise. Uh, we have combine winners and losers and a buy, sell, or hold uh, segment. I am Ethan Paul, joined by Jacob Tyler. Jacob, did you watch uh, over under the eight hours that we discussed last week of the combine? I'm going to give you a hard under. I watched a, a ton of con- a ton of condensed film, but never uh, never the uh, live telecast. Oh man, come on! I feel like a loser now. I sat there and watched. I even watched the offensive line and defensive line drills. That's how I into the combine. I am. Well, that's good for you, man. <laughs> All right, let's get to some notes. Uh, free agency is coming quickly next week. Uh, the the franchise tag deadline has passed. Two major offensive players were tagged: Jarvis Landry and Le'Veon Bell. Uh, I know you think that Jarvis's will be traded. They're shopping him around. Uh, not too much news on that. Bell, you think he plays on the tag or not? Uh, no, they actually uh, restructured Antonio Brown's uh, contract over the over the course of the last few days. So I think uh, I think they're trying to make a move to kind of appease uh, Le'Veon Bell's camp, and I think he's going to be there. I think he's going to be there and on, on a fresh contract. All right, so fresh contract coming from Bell. Uh, Jarvis, I think Jarvis Landry stays in Miami. I don't think anybody's going to trade a first-round pick for a franchise tag guy unless he guarantees that he'll sign a long-term deal with that team trading for him. Does that make sense? Uh, yeah, it does. I, I think there's a few suitors out there that have the cash for it. Cleveland for one, 49ers for two. Although 49ers, I think they're, they're looking for a possession receiver, kind of guy that can stretch the field, not underneath. Uh, I would not be, be surprised especially with all the Corey Coleman rumors if uh, Jarvis ends up in Baltimore or Cleveland, for one. Yeah, I wouldn't hate either one of those because, I mean, he's going to dominate the underneath stuff anyway. We know what he can do with the ball. Um, Sammy Watkins and A-Rob, Allen Robinson, not getting the franchise tag. I'm a little bit surprised that uh, Watkins didn't get tagged. Uh, Both these guys could be on the move. Do you see either one of these staying with their teams, the Rams or the Jaguars? Allen Robinson, absolutely not. There was already some discontent with him and uh, Blake Bortles. This just uh, cements it because it was, it was a major shocker that they didn't tag him. Uh, hopefully he ends up in a stable offense. Like eh, San Francisco would be amazing. Garoppolo throwing him the deep ball. Or maybe a young guy like Trubisky that needs a possession receiver like Allen Robinson. I agree. And yeah. you think Watkins stays with the Rams or he's on the move? Uh, I think he does. I think he fell in love with the offense, although he wasn't a major factor in it last year. McVay has already stressed that he's going to make an effort to correct his mistakes and not a – including him but man just imagine imagine Watkins in a, in a place like Carolina with, with Newton throwing him the bomb man that's 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 a dream yeah that'd be nice and they need receiver help too we'll have to see yeah. where he goes um news today DeMarco Murray is going to be cut by the Titans uh does he have anything left in the tank I mean I think he does but do you, does he have enough to be fantasy relevant in 2018 uh obviously like like a lot of the, the guys we're discussing now it really depends on where he goes. Do you think he kind of tries to take the cash here and get the biggest contract he can get, possibly, or does he going to go to a winning team? Uh, I really don't know where he's going to go. I don't think anybody does at this point. But uh, to answer your question, no, I'm I'm really not buying DeMarco Murray at this point. You're off the Murray bandwagon. Yes. Gotcha. Uh, a couple days ago, Chris Ivory signs a two-year deal with the Bills. Um I mean, obviously, he's not going to be a workhorse, but backing up McCoy, you get a handcuff in Ivory, you know, maybe a goal line back in a, in a Tolbert role, you know, something like that. I don't hate it. Uh, any thoughts on Ivory? No thoughts. Uh, no thoughts. Non-factor. <laughs> he's, he's a guy you need, you need a lot of things to go the wrong way for Buffalo for, uh, for that to even be a factor. Yeah, right. He's just a handcuff at this yeah, point. Yeah, ab- absolutely. Um, and then no big news in the Cousins sweepstakes. Uh, there's four teams that are rumored to be involved, Jets, Broncos, Vikings, and Cardinals. Oddly enough, the Browns, with all their cap space and, and 20 years of quarterback woes, we haven't heard anything from the Browns camp, you know, saying that they would be ready to back up the, the Brinks truck. I mean, you think it's just smart negotiating by them, not showing their hand? Uh, really? I, I, nobody can really explain what the Browns are doing at this point. <laughs> They're probably going to go running back at over uh, first overall pick, which I wouldn't say is a bad move, but considering all the issues they have, you probably want to beef up the offensive line and uh, defense a little bit. Right. But hey, um, yeah. since we might we might get to our next episode after Cousins signs with a with a team at the beginning of next week, give me your your best guess uh, where Cousins ends up. Take take, uh, a, take a, t- call your shot. Call my shot based off of everything I'm hearing and, and seeing. 
completely unsubstantiated, but I'm going to go with the Vikings. That It just seems like the perfect fit. They already got the star running back. They already got two stud wide receivers, Kyle Rudolph at tight end. They got the coach, and they have the defense. I think it's a, it's a dream come true. That it's a perfect matchup. All right. I'm going to say the Broncos only because John Elway is a magician. And if you're a quarterback looking to win it all, you know, who would you rather have John Elway or uh, Mike Zimmer? You know what I mean? Not that John Elway's coaching, but (laughs) I would trust the the two time Super Bowl champion John Elway to build the team around me because he knows exactly what it takes. So I'm going to go ahead and say the Broncos. I think they can make it work, especially now that they traded uh, a keep to leave away today. Maybe they're trying to clear some cap. Yeah, man. They're making some room. All right, uh, before we get to winners and losers from the Combine, let me just throw this out there. I forgot to mention at the top of the show, uh, follow us on Twitter, at Flex Appeal Show. Uh, get involved. Send us some questions. Send us some ideas. We ha- we'll be happy to entertain you on Twitter and on the show. Um, follow us on Facebook, uh, Flex Appeal Show. And if you haven't already, subscribe to our podcast on iTunes or Google Play, wherever you're getting us from. And if you like us, leave us a review uh, and some stars. Thank you very much. All right, Jacob, uh, running backs, winners and losers from the combine. Uh, losers, I have Barkley. No, you don't. <laughs> no, I don't. Running back winners, obviously, Barkley won the, the combine. The guy was a, a machine. Uh, first in the 40-yard dash, 4.4, 41-inch uh, vertical, first out of all the running backs. Uh, obviously, Barkley has... If there was any doubt before the combine, he has submitted himself at number one, right? Absolutely. It, to, to, the, to the astonishment of me, he actually improved his value as a rookie, believe right. it or not. Like, it, it's unbelievable. The dude's an absolute monster, and I don't know. You, you, you got the last three drafts with, with Gurley, Zeke, and uh, Fournette, and I, I, I won't expect anything less than at least the minimum, which was I, I would I would go with Fournette's uh, rookie season was probably the worst out of the three. Would is that right? Yeah, probably on a pass catching scale. Yeah, you know Zeke. Yeah. Well, I don't know. Gurley only played half a year. We'd have to look at the numbers. Zeke caught the ball. Gurley just exploded in the you know the last half of his rookie year. Um, but I agree. If he can give you what Fournette gave you last year, then Barkley's you know on his way to be an all time great, especially yep. in the fantasy community. Um, Nick Chubb, a, a running back that was a winner for me at the Combine. I've always been a Chubb guy. Uh, I didn't realize how explosive this guy was. If you look at his, his 40 time, he ran a 4.5240, tied for fifth with running backs. And he's a bigger back. Uh, his vertical jump was 38.25, tied for third. Uh, and his broad jump was 10.8, the second among running backs. W- what that tells me, the vertical and the broad tells me he has some explosiveness. And for a big man like that who's known as an in-between-the-tackles runner, I think Chubb showed us that he can uh, you know, have that burst needed in the NFL. Absolutely, kind of reminds me a little bit of Gurley with the uh, with the burst to the outside. We've seen it. We've seen it in college football, especially the uh, the championship game. Uh, even more so in the Oklahoma game, that dude really showed off. Uh, he he's further remo- uh, removing himself from the doubt that uh, him and Michelle are in the same in the same category. I, I I firmly believe now, it's Barkley, then Chubb and Geis. Michelle's not in the conversation anymore. I agree. That's uh, we'll what he's done. To, yeah. We'll get to Michelle in a bit. I know your guy, uh, Kalen Balaj, had a good combine. You want to talk about him for a bit? Yeah, Kalen Balaj, top 340 with a 4.46, top 10 vert, which you you didn't expect him to kind of blow it off, blow it off the charts, but he still had a solid vert. Nice broad broad jump. With a, he's top five with that. And his three-cone three drill, which he absolutely dominated, top four with a 6.91. Yeah, I mean, he killed it. And for a guy who didn't have as much, uh, I mean, I guess the average Joe might not know who Kalen Balaj is. He put himself on the map at the Combine. You know, Dynasty owners kind of knew who he was. Maybe he's one of these sleeper, you know, these fantasy darlings, offseason darlings. But I think he had a solid Combine. Um, two other bigger backs that, that you and I have watched a lot of, uh, Bo, Bo Scarborough and uh, Royce Freeman. I think both of these guys are winners. Um they're going to round out our top five of running backs here that won at the Combine. I mean, if I would have told you before the Combine that Bo and, and, uh, and Freeman would have had each had top six 40s, you know, each jumped over 34 inches in the, in the vert, uh, finished top three each, you know, in the, in the shuttle and the cones and the broad jumps. I mean, you didn't expect Bo and Freeman, these two bigger bruising backs, to, be, uh, to test this well, did you? No, absolutely not. And I'm really happy to see it out of Royce Freeman. 
There's yeah. a lot of doubt. Even from us in the last episode, we were, we were kind of dogging him. What, what, what's the problem? Why is, why is the production going down, progressing through, the, through his career in college? But, hey, he really showcased himself, and, hey, I think people are going to start talking about him a little bit more now. I think when it's all said and done, after draft day, Royce Freeman will have himself in the top five conversation for dynasty drafts, rookie drafts. I mean, there's no reason to think he can't do it. If you rewind the clock last year, if he would have came out of Oregon as a junior, he would have been a top two or three guy last year in that loaded class. Right now, he's sitting at seven or eight in most guys' consensus rankings. I think there's plenty of room for improvement from Royce Freeman. The production's there. Uh, the combine is there. The size is there. You know, um, I think he's going to – I think he has the best chance out of any of the running backs to continue to increase his uh, his draft stock as we get closer to our draft season. All right, losers. This may shock some people. Um, we have Geis as our uh, one of our losers here. And he didn't necessarily test poorly. He was just average at the combine. And for a guy that was battling with Chubb, I think, I think and, that has everything you know, to Michelle do with it. He didn't uh, really test bad. In, we he kind of did what he was supposed to do. The clear cut uh, we might be comparing a running back. To Barkley, but that's not the case after this took combine. Took over the show, but I think I think the biggest deal right now is that uh, Chubb has caught up. Definitely caught up with Darius Guys at this point. Yeah, Geis ran a 4.49 uh, 40, which was, you know, he's in the 4.4 range, albeit the low end. Uh, you know, only a 31-inch vertical compared to Barkley at at, four, uh, at 41. Uh, and they only had 15 bench press reps. That was tied for ninth among running backs. So, like I said, Geis, you know, average, I believe, at the combine. Uh, our next loser, Sonny Michelle. He did not look good uh, at the combine. Ran a 5. Uh, that's got to be wrong, a 4.5 440. Uh, the only other event he did was the shuttle on the bench, uh, and he didn't look good in the pass-catching drills. I mean, did you get the vibe from the Dynasty community that Michelle was maybe falling a little bit after this combine? Yeah, for sure. I mean, Michelle was talked about being right right after Bar- uh, Barkley and Geis. I, 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 I was expecting to see him showcase himself in the passing game. It didn't happen. Now it's, I, I guess he's going to have a pro day. He's going to have a chance to redeem himself, but, man, it, it's just a combine. We have to remember that, but he did not. He did not particularly test out well. Yeah, it's just a combine. But when you have a chance to, you know, improve your stock like he did, it was just disappointing. And the fact that he didn't do yeah. all the drills kind of bothers me. I, I don't know. I want to see all these guys do all the drills. But the most disappointing part about Michelle, he dropped passes in the passing you know, drills. He had a drop. Uh, he had a bobble. You know, he didn't look smooth. He didn't look comfortable. I thought for sure he would look better in the passing drills. Michelle, Might have been nerves, man. Yeah, Might it could be nerves. nerves. But, I mean, come on. He played, you know, three or four years at Georgia, you know, in the SEC national championship game. Don't tell me nerves. Um, hey, some people some people react differently to it. True. And some, some guys are better football players than they are testers and, te- you know, better testers than they are football players. We know that. Uh, all right, Ronald Jones. Uh, I know My you kind of like this guy. Yeah. Unfortunately, he came up limp in the 40-yard dash. Uh, he ran a 4.65 on his first time, but he didn't run again, and he didn't do any of the other drills because of, I guess it was maybe a tight hammy, you know, uh, lower leg injury. Were you disappointed? I mean, I wanted to see Ronald Jones show off his, uh, you know, athletic ability. I was disappointed he didn't do anything else. Yeah, absolutely. He was one of the few guys I was really pumped up to see him, Barkley, definitely guys in Chubb. Uh, fortunate, fortunately for us... We get a chance to see him at his pro day. That's that's going to be his spotlight. That's going to be his chance to redeem himself big time. Yep, yep. And I think he's going to show off well, assuming mm-hmm. he can go full strength with you know with whatever's bothering him, that uh, hammy or whatever. All right, let's move on to wide receivers. Um, and we should mention real quick before we get on to the next position, we're not saying that these guys you know made it a break, made it a break it kind of thing on the on the on the combine. This is a big puzzle. Every every aspect of the offseason is a puzzle, and these are just pieces of it. You know. Uh, Senior Bowl, uh, East-West Shrine Game, Combine, Draft, Pro Days. This is just based right now, based on what we saw this past weekend, what we think of these guys uh, based on the Combine. Um, DJ Chark, our biggest wide receiver winner. Uh, listen to these numbers, dude. He ran a 4.3440, okay, .02 slower than uh, last year's speed freak uh, uh, Ross, uh, now with the Bengals. Uh, it was the first, it was the fastest time among wide receivers. He had a 40 inch vertical, the highest among wide receivers, by the way, uh, a guy named Barkley also had a 40 inch vertical and he had a 10.9, uh, broad jump, 10 feet, nine inches broad tied for third with the wide receivers. Did you realize that DJ Chark was this much of an athletic freak? I mean, we knew he was fast, but to jump that high and that, that far. 
if anybody listens to episode three, they would know that I did not know that. I called him a one-trick pony, and yeah, I'm, I'm a big LSU fan, and I'm glad to be proven wrong on this one. He absolutely stole the show at for the wide receivers. He, he absolutely stole it. Oh yeah, and look, he's 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 helping his case. I mean, after a good after a great Senior Bowl week and a yep. great Senior Bowl game, and then a great combine. I mean, we could see DJ Chark pushing into the 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 end of the first round in in the real NFL draft. You know, I mean, this guy's mm-hmm. improving his stock more than we you know three months ago we probably thought hey look maybe guys maybe a team takes a flyer on him in the third or fourth round now he's looking like a first rounder you know um another guy who ran well dj moore and this was kind of one of our fantasy darlings a 4.4240 he was fourth in that 39 and a half inch vertical he was second behind chark 11 feet on the broad jump that was first listen to these numbers a 4.07 shuttle third i mean the guy uh, finished top four and everything he did at the combine. DJ Moore, are you still trying to figure this guy out, or do you like him now for the combine? No, I'm a big fan now. I think <laughs> him and Calvin Ridley were probably were probably the two best route runners in college football last year, and I think he's the the drills that he put uh, put on a show for. I think they kind of cemented himself. Speaking of uh, big losers, we're going to talk about Ridley later. <laughs> yeah, Ridley. Yeesh, yikes. Let's get to a couple of the other guys we kind of like real quick. Two more wide receivers. I'm, I'm always going to butcher this guy's name. Let me let me say it. Let me, right, let me you, introduce you try it. Equinemius St. Brown. Is it came Equinemius? Yeah, Equinemius, man. Came out with a 4.48. Oh, if, if it's not, we're going to get some criticism. Yeah, I'm sure. <laughs> he came out with a 4.4840, top eight, and 20 bench reps, which is only, only, only five wide receivers had that. He's the tall guy. You, I would. Did he, did he go with the vertical? I don't, I don't see any notes on the vertical. Uh, if he did, I didn't make. I kind of cherry picked their best events. Um, some of these guys didn't do all the events either. The, well, the, well, the thing that surprised me was the twenty reps. I mean, he's not known as a big, you know, huge wide receiver. I mean, he's tall, you know, but he's not like a Sutton who has a big body, and you're like, oh man, it's gonna, you know, that's Des Bryant two point Twenty reps on the bench for a wide receiver is good. And I don't think I expected St. Brown to pump that out. I think he had a decent day at the Combine. I think his stock is rising. Um, speaking of Sutton, he's 6'3", 218. Uh, he ran a 4.5440. I think it's important to remember, uh, yeah, the, the 40 time isn't great, 4.54 compared to like Chark and DJ Moore. But this guy's 6'3", 218. He's a lot bigger than them. Uh, tied for 14th. But here's, here's, for a guy this size, this is what impresses me. A 6.57 three-cone drill that was second among receivers and a 4.11 shuttle that was fourth among wide receivers. To finish top five in the three-cone and the shuttle drill shows your ability your, uh, to cut, your agility. I think Sutton, for his body size, to run those drills in that way uh, was a huge winner at the Combine. Yeah, he's a big body, full package wide receiver. Yeah, like, like you mentioned, the elusiveness, the the agility, the way he, it looks like he's going to be able to run every single route in the NFL. I, I was a little cautious being the offense that he was in at uh, SMU, but it looks like he's uh, he's fully capable of uh, running that route tree that we talk about so much. Yeah, I agree, and I have him at the top of my wide receiver board. I know we talked about him and a couple yeah, of the other guys. It's wow. not we're not there yet, but Sutton's my number one in my eyes, and the combine just helps me, you know, help helps me makes me feel a little more comfortable with that. All right, your biggest loser. At wide receiver, uh, it has to. It's 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 unanimous. It has to be Calvin Ridley. The dude did terrible, absolutely <laughs> terrible, terrible at the combine. <laughs> yeah, tied for second to last at the vertical, tied. Oh no, last at the broad jump, tied for fourth last at the shuttle, four four one shuttle. Uh, he did not test well. He's gonna have to have a stellar pro day to redeem himself in the in the NFL eyes. Dynasty, I think he's still going to be a top three wide receiver take wide receiver taken, but NFL wise, he may have slipped out of the first round. Oh, I agree. Uh, you know, I wasn't sold on Ridley. You see, here's the thing: when Julio and Amari Cooper came out of, out of Alabama, you knew they were game breakers. Like they could just go deep, throw it up, they could break the game. Ridley, everybody's like, well, I don't know if I if I see that in him. But we thought, man, maybe it was the quarterback play. I just don't know if Ridley's the kind of game breaker that we've seen come out of Alabama. I think he's more of like a, a Golden Tate. You know, I just don't get the the wide receiver one argument for him. I, that's all. But he's he's a complimentary wide receiver, right? In the NFL. That's his, right. That's 
probably his ceiling. Right. Speaking of Tate, a different Tate, uh, Auden Tate, we, we talked about him the last couple episodes out of Florida State, about the potential to maybe, you know, like a sleeper wide receiver that could come up into the top seven or eight guys. He had a bad combine, dude. For a big guy out of Florida State, only a 31-inch vertical, tied for second to the last, same as Ridley. A nine-foot, uh, six-inch broad, tied second to last. Um, <laughs> only two inches better than Ridley. And he did not do the three-cone or the shuttle drill, uh, which I would like to see him do. Uh, Auden Tate, he's a physical freak. We kind of Same thing as Ridley. He had bad quarterback play last year. We thought, okay, maybe with a good quarterback he can do better. But you got to test well, especially in a wide receiver class that – you know, we don't know who's going to emerge as the true number one in this class. I thought he had a chance to make a case for himself, and he did not do it at the Combine. Um, and James Washington was our last one. I know that you're high on James Washington. I'll let you kind of go over his times and see if, see if you can make any excuses for him. I'll do my best. <laughs> <laughs> uh, it, it tied for 14 with a 4.5, yard dash. Fourth to last with his cone drill with a 7.11. And shuttle top 12 with a, a 4-3-2 shuttle uh this i don't think the combine is the type of event that's going to showcase a guy like james washington dude like i said he's he's an excellent route runner not the best but the system that he ran at oklahoma state that's one of the few spread offenses in college football that really really teach the wide receivers how, how to how to dominate and i'm like like i said i, I don't think the combine is, is where he was going to be showcased so he's, a, you, he's probably he, well. I'm sorry. Go ahead. No, I was just gonna say. So you're saying that he's one of those guys that maybe don't test as well, but he's gonna look better in, in pads, right? I think he's gonna be in, a, in, a, in an environment for his pro day where he's gonna be able to showcase what makes him a top five NFL wide receiver uh, as a rookie. Okay, as a rookie. Okay, as a rookie. Top five rookie wide, wide receiver. receiver. Yeah, rookie wide receiver. Right. Okay. Right. 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 All right, let's get on to the tight ends. We'll just kind of shuttle through these because it's kind of a, uh, a weak class as far as uh, amount of tight ends. Obviously, the big winner was the other Penn State player, Mike Gusecki. Uh, he finished first in the 40-yard dash, the vertical, the broad, the three-cone, and the shuttle. I mean, he basically blew out all the other tight ends. Um, your guy, Mark Andrews, I thought he had an average combine. Um, you know, he, I don't know. Maybe when you compare him to Gasecki, it's hard to look at him and go, wow, Mark Andrews had a good day. But to be honest with you, he didn't. I just He wasn't as bad as the other two guys we're about to talk about. Any thoughts on Mark Andrews? I know he's your favorite tight end coming into this process. He was my favorite tight end. <laughs> okay, are you Gusecki, good, you're a Gasecki guy my now? Man, my guy. My guy, Gasecki. Yeah, Mark Andrews uh, didn't test well. I think I think he's going to – He's probably still going to be the, t the one or two tight end taken in the NFL draft. Still going to be a top three tight end taken in rookie drafts, in my opinion. I mean, he just he didn't really showcase himself. I mean, that's what you want out of a tight end. You have to be faster than the linebackers, and you have to be able to jump higher than them. And he didn't really show that. Right. I agree. I think he's still the number two guy behind Gusecki, only because the two tight end losers we're about to talk about, Dallas Goder uh, and Troy Fumagalli out of Wisconsin, uh, I don't think they did anything to show that they might be worth, uh, uh, you know, even being selected close to Gasecki and Mark Andrews for dynasty purposes. Listen to these bench press numbers, okay? Uh, Troy Fumagalli out of Wisconsin, he, he finished dead last out of all the tight ends with 14 reps, okay? You'd like to see more out of a tight end. Um, now, Dallas Goder, he had 23 reps. That was first among tight ends, okay? But the problem is he only did the bench press. And Troy Fumagalli only did the bench press. These two guys, who not a lot of people are aware of, did not do any of the other drills, which bugs me. I want to see them run, jump, jump high, jump forward, you know. Show me what you're working with. But instead, we got a couple of bench press uh, drills, and that's it. I just I don't think they did, them, did enough to prove that they belong up there with Gusecki and Mark Andrews. They probably saw Gusecki showcase himself and said, well, we're going to wait a few months or a few weeks, and then we're going to do this at our, at our own campus. I mean, God, like this is what you're there for. This is this reminds me of Lamar Jackson. Why would you not run the 40-yard dash? That's what everybody wants to see. Uh, you could prove yourself. Why would a tight end not showcase his pass catching ability at the, at the combine? I just I don't understand it. Well, I'm sure they ran the drills and stuff, but yeah, you want to show me the show off your athleticism. You know, if you're a tight end in, in today's NFL getting drafted, obviously you should be able to catch. All four of these guys can catch the football, but show me why athletically you're better than the other guys. That's what I want to see, you know? 
Yeah, I mean, you're not you're not being taken in the top four rounds to be a blocking tight end. You're not. Right, exactly. Not in today's NFL. Uh, no. Speaking of Lamar Jackson, let's go to QBs. Um, we'll start with the losers since you referenced Lamar Jackson. Why is Lamar Jackson one of our uh, losers at the quarterback? You mentioned it already. He didn't do the running or j- jumping drills. That's that's what you wanted to see out of him. Everybody knows he has an absolute cannon for an arm. His accuracy is, pro- his accuracy is in question, but they wanted to see him run. I wanted to see him run. He didn't do it. Major disappointment. I'm probably just a little butthurt about it. That's why I have him as a loser. Yeah, well, I mean, as look, for dynasty, for fantasy football, rookie run, quarterbacks that can run the ball prove to be more valuable at least out of the gate because when all when everything breaks down around them, they can scramble and get yardage, right? The uh, offensive coordinator can scheme them to get rushing attempts and rushing touchdowns. So a, a mobile quarterback is sometimes more valuable, at least at first, in fantasy football. And Lamar Jackson didn't show us I want to see how fast he can run. I want to see how high he can jump. Um, I think that's a disappointment. I get what he was trying to do, show off his arm, showcase his arm. But look, man, I mean, you're not going to beat Sam Darnold and Josh Allen and Mayfield with your arm. You're going to beat them with the legs, you know. So he's my, he's my biggest loser right there, quarterback. And then another curious case, uh, the USC quarterback, Darnold, he didn't throw. It's, it's like Lamar Jackson didn't showcase his best things running and jumping. Sam Darnold didn't throw the ball, and he's supposed to be the best thrower in the, in the combine. Uh, I don't understand why these guys did not do the throwing and running drills. Uh, no, I, I was surprised by Darnold not throwing either. Do you think it knocked uh, Sam Darnold down your board a little bit because he didn't no, throw? No, it, it's, this wasn't going to make or break him. I, I, think, I think probably if, he, if there was some sort of injury or maybe he just wasn't feeling it, this might be the best thing for him. He's going to get a chance to showcase. Quarterbacks have the best opportunity to showcase themselves. There's no timing. There's no, is it was it a laser time 40? Was it a hand time 40? No, you can throw the ball. You could throw, if you could throw the ball, you'll throw it. And they'll see that in his, uh, in his uh, pro day at, at USC. Right, right. I agree. Uh, biggest winners. We're not going to go by numbers here. It doesn't matter what Josh Allen ran in the 40. You know, that's not why we're, we're drafting him. Uh, the two winners for me, Mayfield and Josh Allen. Um, we saw Josh Allen throw it 70 yards. Uh, and we saw Mayfield. Can he throw it? Can he throw it from his knees like Jamarcus Russell? <laughs> that is a big question. You know, when they, when I saw that video, I was like, oh man, I hope they don't, I hope they don't start doing this because that was like Jamarcus Russell's hype machine. He could throw it, you know, <laughs> seventy yards. Uh, Mayfield, look, I watched, I watched all all of his drills. His accuracy is what's going to win. He's an accurate quarterback. I mean, I hate doing this. He's he reminds me of a of a Drew Brees oh, throwing the ball. Look, I hate doing. I'm not, obviously I don't think Mayfield <laughs> is a Hall of Famer. Obviously, okay, he hasn't even taken a snap yet. But his accuracy uh, reminds me of Drew Brees. Now, obviously, he's more mobile, which might give him an advantage. But accuracy wise, the dude has it. I think those two um, had the best days at quarterback. Not on this list. Our Jay Cutler comparison, uh, Rosen. Uh, Smoking Jay. He's just kind of there. He's not a winner. He's not a loser. He's just a dude. I just he reminds me of Jay Cutler. All right. Any other he's a thoughts? Jag. A jag. A jag. Jay Cutler. Any other thoughts about uh, winners and losers from the the uh, combine before we move on? No, man. I, I like Josh Allen showcasing his arm strength. That's what that's what he was supposed to do. And Mayfield, like you said, his accuracy. That's that's his key uh, key point. And his uh his scrambling ability. If he if he if he un- unluckily goes to a shitty team, hey, that might have been our first curse word. Sorry about that. <laughs> if he goes to if he goes to a pretty terrible team, then uh his scrambling ability is gonna pay off, especially if it's if it's if it's Cleveland. Right, right. I agree. All right, uh, we're gonna go on to our next segment, but before we do, uh, and don't feel bad about cursing. I think I dropped one in the last <laughs> episode. Um, before we go on to our next segment. Let's remind the folks that are listening. We have a Twitter account. We want you to participate with us in the show. Follow us and tweet us at Flex Appeal Show. If you have questions, if you want to talk about certain guys, you want to talk about certain teams, uh, send us a tweet. We'll get you in on the next show. We'll definitely at least respond to you on Twitter. And uh, don't forget, if you are, haven't already, to subscribe to our podcast, Flex Appeal Show. I know if you're listening now because your friend said, man, these guys are great, hit the subscribe button, leave us a review. It helps us out, and it makes us feel good about ourselves. Uh, Jacob, this next segment is a segment that uh, we pulled names from the Dynasty community on Reddit.com. Once again, these are going to be guys that you, the listeners, want to hear about uh, what do we do with these players? Do we buy them? Do we sell them? Do we hold them? Um, 
Let's start at running back. Are you ready to go? We're going to do like a rapid fire, you know, back and forth, buy, sell, or hold, and a, and a reason why. You ready? Yeah, let's do this. I'll, uh, I'll throw one out to you. Uh, Kenyon Drake out of Miami. What do you think about him? Okay, I'm not buying Kenyon Drake. The Miami Dolphins uh, can't seem to make up their mind on whether they like this guy or not. If I own him, I'm trying to sell him. If I don't own him, I don't want him. Uh, that's what I'm doing. I'm selling, selling, selling Kenyon Drake. Uh, one of your uh, guys that you've liked in the past, James White, undrafted free agent. Patriots haven't uh, announced that they're bringing him back yet. What are you doing, buying, selling, or holding James White? I think his value capped out at about the time he he was the MV, almost the MVP of the uh, of the Super Bowl a few years ago. He was the MVP uh, of the Super Bowl. Oh, he was the it was the Super it was the MVP. Okay, well there you go. I think his value was at an all time high there. Surprisingly, they did not showcase him as much as I thought they would last year. With, along with their other 18 running backs, right? Hard sell. You got to you got to sell this guy before uh, he goes to a muddled backfield in free agency. Yeah, I don't see James White as a kind of uh, a kind of running back that can take over the the lead back role, you know, and be a bruiser. And you know, I think he was just kind of a niche running back on a team that uses niche running backs. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, next one we have here. I'll take this one. Amir Abdullah. I've never been an Abdullah fan. I like his talent coming out of Nebraska, but the. The Lions just don't run the ball. They aren't committed enough for me. If you're an Abdullah owner, I would sell now, especially because we're hearing rumblings that the Lions may be in the market for a running back in the draft like a Geis. So Abdullah owners, sell, sell, sell. Um, do not hold and do not buy. I mean, what do you think Abdullah goes for in a, in a, in a dynasty league? Maybe a late second round pick? Yeah, I would say late second, early third. That's That's being generous. He's a guy that has no a lot of risk and probably not going to have any reward. He had his chance to prove himself over okay. there. All right, all right. Uh, Giovanni Bernard is the next up on our list. Uh, Joe Mixon coming into year number two, expected to take more of the workload. Uh, offensive line, we don't know what they're going to do to fix that. Tell me what to do with Giovanni Bernard. Gio Bernard, I think he definitely has a role in the, in the offense this season. Uh, all, all reports indicate that Joe Mixon – is going to be implemented into a three-down role. I don't see it. It might just be coach speak. You know how that goes in the NFL. I think he definitely has a role, especially with Jeremy Hill leaving uh, Cincinnati this year. So are you buying? Yeah, I, I'm, I'm, I would say hold. Okay. I, wouldn't, I, wouldn't, I wouldn't put too much stock into it, but hold if you have him. I don't think his value can go uh, – can get any worse at this point yeah worst case scenario you have a handcuff to joe mixon yeah you know and, and in today's yeah. league every pass catching back has value now his value may decrease a bit with if joe mixon gets more involved in the passing game but i agree you'd want to hold him you got a good handcuff and he's going to have some value in tight spots week to week uh with his pass catching ability all right next guy let's try and do a little more rapid fire here Elijah McGuire, New York Jets. Okay, I like this kid. We liked him. You know, he's in our backyard at UL Lafayette. Um, the, the Forte's out the door. I'm going to go curveball here. I am buying Elijah McGuire. If you have an owner in your league that drafted him last year and said, oh, well, I'll see if he ever pans out. You know, look, he didn't get a lot of run at the end of last year. Pay attention to the moves. Forte's gone. Uh, Powell is not the guy that, you know, we've expected him to be. I'm buying McGuire. If you can get him for a... A third-round pick, maybe a late second, depending on your roster structure. I'm buying McGuire. Why not? Um, Mark Ingram, coming off of a career year. New Orleans, he's, he remains at the Saints this year. Um, I know we don't like guys coming off of career years. What are you doing? Buying, selling, holding? Uh, I'm looking to sell Mark Ingram. Yeah. He, he's one of the more confusing guys in the Dynasty community. His value is all over the place. Uh, I don't think uh, he's going to have the same year or anywhere near it that he had last year. I do think he has a role in that offense, especially with uh, with Drew Brees there for a few more years. But do I think he's going to be putting up the numbers that he did in 2017? No. So I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna go ahead and say I'm gonna sell on Mark Ingram. Yeah, and I would sell every time on a running back creeping up on 30 that's coming off of a career year. I'm selling. I mean, if you can get a guy that in the first round of your rookie draft to give you that pick for Mark Ingram, hey, take it, take it and run. Um, he has had a he has had an unusually uh, small workload in in his time in New Orleans. So I w- I wouldn't call him a typical what is he 28, 28 year I think old. He's going on twenty nine. I know what you mean. Okay. But yeah. still, you know, you get what I'm saying. He, 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 an older running back, if you can get a first round pick for him, especially with Kamara, how strong he came on last year, I would sell 
Ingram. Um, yeah, I, I agree with you there. Uh, what about we talked about this guy already? What about Joe Mixon out of Cincinnati? What are you What are you doing with him? Uh, you know, I'm holding. Uh, I'm holding. I'm not buying because the price tag is going to be too high. This guy was probably a top four pick, top five pick in last year's draft in your dynasty leagues. So I'm not buying. Um, but if you own him, I'm not selling. I'm holding him. You know, there's no reason to expect him to not get the workload this year in Cincinnati. Uh, we just got to wait and see with this guy. We know the talent's there. Hold Joe Mixon. Stay strong, mixing truthers. Uh, wow, you get both uh, <laughs> former New England Patriots running backs. Deion Lewis is up next. He's also an, an un- unrestricted free agent. Now, depending on landing spot, what are you doing? Buying, selling, holding? Uh, I'm selling for anything I can get at this point. We've seen what kind of production he can put when he's not New England. He was a little. He was hurt all the time in Cleveland. That he he didn't have the opportunity to showcase showcase himself like he did in New England. So I'm selling. I, I really don't know what kind of role he's going to have in the new team he's having. So the uncertainty leads me to sell Deion Lewis. Gotcha. This one's easy. Uh, Derek Henry. Oh, man. Yeah, I think we're both <laughs> buying, 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 especially with DeMarco Murray being cut today, right? Yeah, his value is going to be up there. You, you might have missed the, uh, the chance to get him at a cheaper price. Right. If you're listening to this today, call the Derrick Henry owner and offer him something right now. Buy, buy, buy. If it's too expensive, you missed it. If you're an owner of Derrick Henry, I wouldn't sell. I'd hold. You're about to ride the wave. Um, okay, this one's kind of interesting. Deontay Foreman out of Houston. Uh, Lamar Miller's still there by all reports. What are you doing with Deontay uh, Foreman? Ah, uh, man, you got to hold. Uh, if you can get some value out of him, reasonable value, sell it. But I don't think his value is really up there. An Achilles injury, man, that's that's just brutal on a running back. Absolutely brutal. Right. And here's my opinion real quick on Foreman. If you if you drafted him in the 14 to 18 range of your of your dynasty league last year, you know, 12 to 18 range, wherever you got him, uh, you're probably not going to get a pick that's higher than that in this mm-hmm. year's draft. So, you know, why sell? So, yeah, you got to hold him. You got to ride it out. Maybe he's a yeah, handcuff. I agree. You're pot committed at this point. You have to, you have to, you have to keep him for the time being. Right. Um, I actually own this guy, Tevin Coleman. Uh, I think you got to hold him. If you want to try to sneakily buy him, he may not have as much value this year, obviously, because, you know, he splits time with Freeman. But he, he, his last year in Atlanta is 2018. So if you want to try to buy a guy now before he hits free agency next offseason, now's the time to do it. So if I'm a Tevin owner, I'm holding. If I don't have Tevin Coleman, I am buying. Um, yeah, I, I agree with you there, man. I'll take the next one. Yeah, uh, go ahead. Alex, Alex Collins, Baltimore. Speaking of muddy backfields, uh, you got Danny Woodhead, you got Kenneth Dixon, Alex Collins. He had a, he had a really really solid season last year. If you can get him for a cheap price, go for it. I don't know. I think he's the way the way he produced as a running back is probably going to be a high asking price. I'd buy if you can because he might have a chance to cement himself as the uh, as the definite lead back in Baltimore uh, this season yeah I don't know I I I probably don't agree with you here I'm probably selling if um an Alex Collins owner only because of the other guys they have in that backfield I don't know what they're gonna do with Woodhead but I think they still have Terrence West on their team and then yeah uh, Buck Allen is still there Kenneth Dixon who Harbaugh's always liked I don't know I don't like Seattle that's a lot yeah that's a lot of guys so Uh, I'm selling if I'm uh, an Alex Collins owner. This next guy I'm not too familiar uh, with. You're going to have to help me out. Peyton Barber. I mean, I'm not buying this guy. I'm not buying any Tampa Bay running back at this point. If you're a a Barber owner, I'm probably selling. Take what you can get for him. You know, uh, do you you agree? Are you selling Barber? Uh, I don't think he has any value to sell at this point, to be honest with you. Uh, He was kind of featured towards the end of the year. With uh, with with Muscle Hamster being out, uh, Doug Martin, uh, isn't isn't this guy a former Auburn running back? You love those guys. Peyton Barber, where did he yeah, go to I school? Think, did he go to I, Auburn? I think he's an I think he's an Auburn guy. Uh, okay, well, yeah, but still, I mean, we saw him run Tampa Bay the last couple of years. I wish if they would have an elite runner behind their you know offense, I think they'd be much better. I just don't like any Tampa Bay running back. I'm selling, seeing what I can get. If not, I guess you got to hold him and ride him out. Um, hey, what's his nuts? He's from Mississippi, Ole Miss. Peyton Barber's from Ole Miss? Yeah, that's what it's showing. Wow. See, I wouldn't have known that. See, this guy must have flown under the radar. He must have been a backup at, uh, in college, too. I, I, I guess he's never paid attention. Um, Corey Clement, you've watched this guy play. Uh, you're buying, selling, or holding Corey Clement, Philadelphia. Uh, buying. This is a guy that was absolutely showcased in the Super Bowl. Kind of reminds me of the James White hype. 
uh, following that Super Bowl win. Uh, I think he's going to hit free agency next year, if I'm not mistaken. He's going to be featured. He's, he's, he's in that lineage of stud Wisconsin running backs that have been, uh, been churning out of that program. I think he's a, a definite buy, and he's a guy like, if, if I have an opportunity, I would pay the price tag. And let me, let me correct myself, he did, Peyton Barber did go to Auburn. Peyton Barber went to Auburn. Okay, Corey yeah, Clement. That's it's a weird case. He's not coming out of he's not a free agent next year. He 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 was a rookie last year, so I think he's going to be with Philadelphia for at least two more seasons. Uh, it's a weird case. I liked Clement at Wisconsin. Everybody did. He didn't test well. He had a bad forty time. He went undrafted in last year's NFL draft. Corey Clement did. Uh, the only thing that worries me, if you're buying Clement, they just traded for a Jai. That would be my only worry. You know, if Corey Clement carves out a pass-catching role, I guess you're okay. But, I mean, I don't expect this guy to be a workhorse anytime soon if they still have Blunt and Ajayi there, you know, in 2018 and 2019 possibly. So that's my mm-hmm. only caution there. My guy, Matt Breida, uh, buy, sell, or hold. Right now, as we record this podcast, I am holding if I have them. I am not buying if I don't have them. Um, Here's, here's why. We don't know what they're going to do yet. Hyde is going to be a free agent. You never know. The 49ers may bring him back um, in, in free agency. You know, I, Right now, I think Breida can be a nice compliment back. I don't want to buy him in case they draft someone or, or sign someone in free agency. Um, no, I, I agree with you on Breida. I agree with you there. Next guy up. Look, let's roll through these real quick. Let's just uh, finish up the running backs. Marlon Mack, buy, sell, or hold. I'm buying, buying, especially with the Frank Gore news. Uh, what about Terry Cohen for you? I am, uh, I'm holding. Let's hold him. Yep. I mean, yeah, let's hold him. Chris Carson, any interest in Seattle buying Chris Carson? Buying, absolutely. No. I think he's going to be the lead back this year. Yep, buying. Wow. What about okay. McCoy? Uh, LaShawn McCoy for you, what, what you got? Look, LaShawn McCoy, I am selling. I, and this point, it's just due to his age and his usage. Sell while he still has some, some oomph behind him. Get some first-round picks if you can. And then the last guy on our list, I was actually surprised this guy popped up. At the beginning of last year, I didn't know who this guy was. Austin Eckler, Los Angeles Chargers. He's the backup to Melvin Gordon. Are you buying, selling, or holding Eckler? Ah, buy if it's the right price. He's, he's simply a handcuff. And I, I, I really don't know. Melvin Gordon has proven that he's not a, he's not an efficient running back in that system. He's, he's a production running back. Right. I don't know. I'm not a, I'm not a big fan of Eckler, but if you can get it from the right price, go for it. All right, let's do something a little different with the wide receivers here. We're going to move on to wide receivers. Um, let's just throw out buy, sell, or hold. Let's try to yeah, run. Yeah, everybody these guys. knows these guys. Everybody, we don't uh, have to explain them. We'll mm-hmm. slow down on the guys that uh, maybe Chris Godwin, somebody like that, that uh, we need to you know talk a little bit about. Uh, Taywan Taylor, Tennessee. I'll start. I am buying Taywan Taylor. Corey Davis is there, but they have some aging uh, guys around them. Eric Decker. I'm buying Taewon Taylor for the long haul. Uh, Jacob, Tyrell Williams, the Gazelle, Los Angeles Chargers. I'm going to sell here. They got a they got a pretty uh, pretty large mouthful to feed over there with with all the tight ends, Gates, Henry, and then Mike Williams is going to be more of a factor this year. I'm selling. Selling. Ardarius Stewart, uh, second year guy for the Jets. I am holding. You probably got him for a second round. I want to wait and see if this guy develops. Um, Adam Thielen, Minnesota. Jacob. Uh, holding the the guy mysteriously has a very low asking uh, asking price from buyers. I'm not selling for anything lower than than a mid first. Uh, to be honest with you, I'm I'm holding on Adam Thielen. Yeah, he was what a top twelve wide receiver last year. Uh, I would go higher, maybe top eight. Yeah, yeah right. He, he was very efficient. Yeah, you can't you can't sell him cheap. If you're gonna sell him now, you got to get get your bang for your buck. Um, mm-hmm. I'm holding as well. Josh Doxson. I don't know. I'm going to sell. I'm Ooh. definitely not buying this guy. I'm selling him <laughs> if you can get anything for him. If the price isn't right, you might as well just hold the guy, see if he ever develops. Uh, kind of in the same mold, Zay Jones, another young running uh, wide receiver, big-bodied guy, Buffalo. Uh, what are you doing with him? You, you probably got him in the first round, maybe top 10 pick. I think you got to hold at this point, give him, give him a little bit of time. I don't think you can sell for cheap. Because that's definitely what you're going to get for him. You're going to you're not going to get what you paid for him in, in last year's draft. No, you're not getting uh, a top pick, not not a top no, ten no. pick in this year's draft. No way. No. What, what what do you got in Julio Jones? What are you doing with him? I'm treating Julio Jones the same way I looked at Lashawn McCoy. I am selling based on age and usage. 
and the fact that you can still get a pretty good return for these two guys. You know, if you can get a couple first-round picks for Julio Jones, I think it's time to do it now for Dynasty yeah, he's purposes. not like a Jordy Nelson. He's not like a Jordy Nelson where you're going to get freaking garbage garbage offers. This guy still carries value. I'd, I'd sell to. Exactly. Um, this one's interesting. Let's stop and talk about this guy. Chris Godwin, Tampa Bay. Uh, Second-year guy coming out of Penn State. It's an interesting case. I'm sure we might not agree on this one. Buy, sell, or hold? I'm buying. He did not have a stellar year. He wasn't on the field as much as you'd imagine. Uh, man, he was an absolute monster at Penn State. Uh, every highlight reel that you saw with Barkley that didn't just show showcase Barkley showed, uh, showed uh, Godwin just as much. He, he's a monster. I'm definitely buying this guy. I don't know if I'm buying, only because if a guy drafted him early last year, they might not sell him I don't know if I'm trying to buy him if I if I do own him I'm not selling I'm holding you got to wait and see if this guy develops Deshaun Jackson's not getting any younger um speaking of young and not very good Corey Coleman Cleveland Browns are you what are you doing with this guy selling buying holding another curious this case top, this guy this guy was a top three pick two years ago you got to hold yeah you gotta i got to hold, hold i guess you got to wait and see my only concern is that if you hold him and they sign a guy in, in free agency and maybe draft another couple guys that tells you that cleveland does not feel comfortable with him as their number one or number two guy so if you don't sell now you may never be able to sell them so you might just have to ride that out until you know until the ship goes down um stefan diggs wow both minnesota receivers made this uh list I am holding Stefan Diggs, uh, Stefan Diggs. If I, if I don't have him, I'm not going to buy him only because of the injury history. And if I do own him, you can't sell him. I mean, the guy has the talent to be a top five wide receiver in the league. I'm holding Stefan Diggs. Do you agree? Yep, absolutely. Robbie Anderson. What are you doing with Robbie Anderson? Uh, staying far away from this guy. This guy <laughs> is a mess off the field. God. Okay, are you selling him? Uh yeah, <laughs> get whatever you can. Get whatever you, get whatever can, you can because the guy's a nutcase off the field. All right. Um, this next guy's my guy. Gonna be guy. yep, your guy, Sammy Watkins. I'll let you take first crack out of it. Uh, undrafted free agent, buying, selling, Dude. holding, hold, absolute hold. It, he has a potential to get end up in a very nice situation. Maybe Carolina, maybe San Francisco, maybe Chicago. All all situations that'll improve his, improve his stock tremendously. Hold Sammy Watkins. Yeah, I think you have to hold him. Look, we talked about this last offseason. If you wanted to sell Sammy Watkins, you had to do it. A year ago this time, you could probably still get a first-round pick for him. You know, uh, And definitely after you got traded to the Rams, you could probably get a first-round pick for him. After his disappointing 2017 campaign, you're not going to get the value you want for him. You're not going to get what you paid for him, you know, what, four or five years ago. I think you definitely have to hold Watkins. I agree. Um, I'm surprised this guy made the list. Sterling Shepard, uh, Giants wide receiver. I, I can't imagine selling this guy. Uh, he's one of the most talented young guys in the league. What, coming into his third year? Uh, kind of protected by Beckham and, and uh, Ingram. Uh, what are you doing? You, yeah. You, are you buying? You're not, not necessarily buying him. I think you're holding him, right? Uh, I'm going I'm to hold. If I, if, I'm a, if, I'm, if I have him, I'm definitely holding. Like For, which, for the reason that you stated, if I'm a buyer... His asking price is still a little too steep. He still has the, the the allure of like a Corey Coleman and even a Sammy Watkins that he he's worth more than he's produced. Mm -hmm. I agree. Uh, first round pick last year, arguably the top wide receiver last year in last year's class with Corey Davis, Mike Williams, Los Angeles Chargers. Guys are asking what to do with him. Do they sell on him? Uh, I think people are getting nervous because they didn't see anything from 2017 from him. Uh, I would, I would go, I would go with a buy. I don't, I don't think he had a very good. Oh, there's no thinking about it. He had a pretty underwhelming season. Uh, yeah, definitely buy is his, his value is at an all time low. He still has a good three to four years with a uh, with Philip Rivers. So definitely buy this guy if you if you don't have a have him at, at this point. Oh yeah, buy, buy, buy. The guy was a top five pick in dynasty drafts last year. Okay, you're gonna get him at a big discount now. You telling me the guy that drafted him and, and he's worried that it's gonna be a bust wouldn't take the number twelve overall pick for him right now? Sure he would. So I am no, buying I don't, yeah. I don't think so. Well, only well, okay, that. maybe not an owner that pays attention hundred, you know, hundred and ten percent. You get a, an owner that's a little lax and he goes, Oh man, Mike Williams, he didn't do crap last year. Man, this guy's gonna be a bust. Okay, I'll take the twelfth pick. I'm just saying it's worth a call to the Mike Williams owner in your league to see if he's paying attention. You know, you never know. If you're that guy, if you're that guy, hold. Don't. <laughs> yeah, and if, if you own guy, Mike Williams and you didn't pay attention, <laughs> hold Mike Williams. I agree. 
A um, couple other names here. Let's just rattle them off. Dante Moncrief, what are you doing? Uh, I'm buying. Like like all the other free agents, I think he has a chance to be in a good situation. Uh, I, I'm not buying until after free agency. I just I, I can't I can't lose capital and a player if he ends up in a bad situation. You know what I mean? Um, mm-hmm. Marquise Goodwin. Oh, we missed this in the news and notes segment. He signed a, um, an extension, a three-year, $20 million deal to stay in Fra- San Francisco. Are you buying, selling, or holding Marquise Goodwin? Uh, I think it's a little too late to buy at this point. He had a very solid end of the year, second half season. Uh, it's probably a little late to get on that uh, get on that wagon, but if you if you, if the opportunity is there, I'd buy. Yeah, I agree. Sure. Um, how about this? I would actually sell him if you have good depth at wide receiver, because the odds are that you don't you didn't have Marquise Goodwin in your plans to be you know one of your top two or three guys. You probably got this guy off of waiver wires last year. Okay, if. If he's your fifth or sixth wide receiver, I am selling Marquise Goodwin. Go address some other needs, uh, my opinion. Especially especially if they get a guy like Allen Robinson in free agency. Well, right. And the reason why you sell now is because you know they're probably targeting a wide receiver in free agency. So sell them now and try to get one by on the other owners in your league. Uh, once they sign another wide receiver, you're going to be stuck holding Goodwin because they're going to say, well, I don't want Goodwin because they just signed Allen Robinson. So sell now if you're a Goodwin fan. That's what I say. Um Jarvis Landry. This one's kind of fun. Buy, sell, or hold Jarvis. Uh, I think he is what he is, and I think he's going to be that way wherever he goes. If he can go anywhere but Baltimore, I think he's going to be fine. I'm I'm really not a fan of that destination for him. Uh, you got to hold on Jarvis Landry at this point. Yeah, I'm holding him too. I'm not necessarily going to buy him just because there's a chance that, you know, if the rumors are true, he's going to go to Baltimore. I don't want that. So I'm not buying him if I don't have him because you have to overpay. I'm just holding. Um... All right, Jordan Matthews, uh, undrafted free agent. I am holding this guy. I mean, you can't if you try to sell him. I don't think you're going to get any good anything good for him. I, I guess you just got to hold him and hope he you know can maybe be a flex play for you. Yeah, I, I agree. And I, let me correct you there. It's unrestricted free agent. He was drafted by Philadelphia. Oh, Definitely sorry, drafted. unrestricted. That's all right. Sorry. Yeah, I think I think he has a he he, he produced very well his first few seasons in Philadelphia. Obviously, with uh, Nelson Aguilar, and then moving over to Buffalo, he kind of regressed. But if he can go in a situation that can that needs a big-bodied slot receiver over the middle, think of like a New Orleans Saints. They're, they need to address tight end and slot receiver. They can maybe do that in one signing with Jordan Matthews. I, I'm buying this guy at this point. Okay. Um, Kelvin Benjamin, another big body. Uh, Carolina. I'm sorry, I put Carolina. He's in Buffalo as well. Um, yep. What are you doing with Kelvin Benjamin? I'm probably uh, – I'm holding. I guess you got to hold yeah, him. Yeah, hold. He has a very nasty uh, alert to him right now. I'm not a big Kelvin Benjamin fan, and him being in Buffalo did not change that fact. All right, the ultimate, the ultimate question here. Uh, oh, God. Buy or buy or do you buy Josh Gordon right now? Are the options that you said? Yeah, buy. Yeah, right. Yeah, you got to go with buy. <laughs> All right, seriously, yeah. are you selling Josh Gordon while uh, while you can, or are you hoping that maybe he can push his value up a little more in 2018? No, his value can definitely go up. He he, he showcased himself at, towards the end of the year to uh, to your enjoyment, and I think he can do it next year. Why why sell on a half a season's performance when he can do it for a whole season? I sell agree. later, not now. I agree. So you're holding and you're buying um, if you don't own him. Uh, Alshon Jeffrey, staying in Philadelphia – He's kind of been a weird case. You know, had a couple great years in Chicago, then kind of a couple down years. Uh, I guess you can – that one's a tough one. What do you think? Too many guys in Philly, man. Way too many. Yeah, so try to I'm, sell. I'm not, a fan. I'm not a fan. Yeah, it's it's sort of like a New England offense where only Ertz and potentially the running back can uh, could be of value. Okay, so try to sell Jeffrey, but don't be disappointed if you're trying to sell him and you're not getting the value you think you deserve for him. His value is probably a bit suppressed ever since he left Chicago. Um, and this last guy on our list, he's a, we have him in the wide receiver category, but he's kind of a, you know, a Swiss Army knife. Curtis Samuel, Carolina Panthers. Uh, are you buying, selling, or holding? No, I'm, I'm, gonna, I'm not buying, and if I have him, I'm selling. Yeah. They're, Carolina definitely has to address the wide receiver position in free agency or the draft, and that can mean that he slides even further down the the depth chart. Yeah, I agree. And he's coming off an injury. Uh, I don't like Cam Newton's passing ability anyway. I think you could probably get a what a third round pick for Curtis Samuel, and then an, mm, 
Yeah, second to third range. Yeah, okay, second to third. Fair. I mean, and if you can get a second round pick, you get you can basically the odds of you getting a, a another Curtis Samuel like player are, are high. So uh, I'm probably selling him. Um, all right, we'll breeze through the tight ends. Uh, George Kittle, San Francisco. Got to buy here. Jimmy Garoppolo throwing to him. You got to buy this guy right now. I agree. Buy your George Kittles. Adam Shaheen, Chicago. Um, I'm buying. I want every piece of this guy. He got on the field last year, had four touchdowns. He's going to grow with Trubisky. I am buying Shaheen, and if you already own him, do not sell. He could be the next big thing. Uh, let's give you this one. Austin Safarian Jenkins, staying with New York. Uh, the Jets, that is. I don't know what you do with this guy. I think you got to hold at this point on both sides. I, you really don't know if you'll be able to replicate what he did last year. He had a pretty solid season last year. But you really don't know what the quarterback situation is going to be like there. So I'm going to hold on both sides. You're going to hold on both sides? You don't want to sell him if you're an owner? Maybe sell while his value's higher? No, you know? it, it, it can go either way. And I think it's more valuable on each side to hold. Yeah, if you're an Austin Safarian Jenkins owner, it's probably more valuable to hold the depth of tight end because you're not going to get a high you know, return for him if you try to sell him. Um, this one's a curious one. Undrafted, undrafted, unrestricted free agent, Tyler Eifert. Uh, at tight end I never liked Eifert if you can still get anything for him I say sell what say you uh dart throw if you can get him for the cheap definitely buy if he's if the owner is not high on him if he has a couple tight ends ahead of him on the depth chart you might be able to sneak in with a with a pretty shitty offer oh man you said shitty twice oh man I said it again all right well we apologize in advance for our explicit material ladies and gentlemen um quarterbacks there's four of them We'll start with Mr. Checkdown, Captain Checkdown, Alex Smith. Sell. He's, his value is not going to go up any any better than it has been the past few years. I agree. Uh, and he's in Washington now, by the way. Well, I guess he yeah. will be. They agreed to a trade. So, um, Tyrod Taylor with Buffalo. I would sell. I don't think he has much long-term value in Dynasty as after Buffalo's done with him. Sell him. Try to get him off your roster. Get something in return. Your guy, Jimmy G, Jimmy Garoppolo, I'm guessing you're buying, right? Yeah, buying. His, his stock's going to go up uh, tremendously after this year. He, he had a very efficient past six games. What, what did they go, six and one their last seven games? Uh, I don't think he lost a game. I think he went undefeated. Okay. <laughs> okay, there you go. Maybe so. That's, that's probably right. I would not be shocked by that stat. Uh, yeah, like I said, buy this guy as soon as you can. I agree. And then the last guy on our list, you happen to own him in our hometown league, Andrew Luck. Uh, Colts, I guess you got to hold him, right? He's too yeah, valuable. Yeah. You're not going to get what he's worth if he's healthy. I guess you hold him and hope the shoulder gets better. Yeah, and if you can, if you can find an owner that's spooked by Andrew Luck's injury, you, you, and you can buy him on the cheap, then go ahead and buy. But I doubt you're going to get that. Any guy you know that has any ounce of intelligence knows that a healthy Andrew Luck is better than most quarterbacks out there. So just hold. Everybody hold. Well, let's see what the shoulder uh, does. All right, before we get on to our spotlight guy, we're about to wrap things up. I uh, want to mention thanks for uh, listening uh, to our podcast. This is episode four. Thanks for everyone uh, for subscribing, everyone. We have over 200 subscribers in just a couple of episodes. Uh, don't forget to follow us at Flex Appeal Show on Twitter. That's at Flex Appeal Show. Give us a follow. Tweet us. Give us your opinions and your ideas and your questions. We will interact with you. Uh, and thank you again for listening. You were the ground floor swell of fans to get us started. Jacob, uh, let me lead off with my spotlight guy, and then we'll go to you, and then we'll wrap things up. Um, my spotlight guy this week, running back Chase Edmonds out of Fordham, five nine two zero five. I'm not going to lie to you. I had to look this guy up after watching him in the combine. I saw him running around at the combine. And I was like, who the heck is this guy? All right, I'm going to start with his combine numbers. And then we'll go to some stats. He ran a 4.5540. That was seventh among running backs. He had a 34-inch vertical that was tied for eighth uh, with running backs. He did 19 reps on the bench. That was fifth. He did a 10-foot-2 broad jump. That was tied for fifth. Uh, his three-cone was the fastest three-cone time at 6.79 seconds, and his shuttle was 4.07, tied for first. So this guy finished top eight in every category that he did every drill that he did at the combine. And when I saw that, I said, oh, man, I got to look this guy this guy up because he's not in the consensus top, you know, 15 running backs that we did in last week's episode. 
So I have to take a look at him. Out of Fordham, listen to these numbers, okay? He's fifth all-time in FCS rushing. In 2014, he had 1,800 yards and 23 TDs. That's a 6.3 yards per carry average. Uh, In 2015, he had 1,650 yards for 20 TDs, and he increased his yards per carry to 6.6. And in 2016, he had 1,799 yards, increased his yards per carry again, all the way up to seven yards a carry, and had 19 TDs. And then in 27, this is probably why he wasn't on my radar as much, he battled ankle and hamstring injuries, only had 130 attempts, only 500 yards, only five TDs. So in 27, he took a step, 2017, he took a step back. But if you look at what he did, 14, 15, and 16, the guy was a monster. In his total career at Fordham, He amassed 5,862 rushing yards, a career uh, yards per carry average of 6.2, 67 touchdowns in 44 career games. This guy can tote the rock. And Jacob, our favorite thing, icing on the cake, he has shown that he can catch the ball. I'll give you his two best seasons receiving. In 2015, he had 31 catches for 383 yards and five TDs. 31's a good number in college. And his yards per catch was 12.4. That's a great number for a running back. In 2016, he had 25 catches, 272 yards, 10.9 yards per carry, uh, yards per catch. Once again, anything over that 10 is good for me for a running back. This guy has shown he can catch. This guy has amassed the uh, rushing totals that you'd like to see. The only question, and he, and he tested well at the combine. He tested great. The only question you have about the guy like this is the, the talent, uh, the competition level that he's facing. Coming out of Fordham, how is he going to adjust to the NFL speed, the NFL defenses? But other than that, this is a spotlight guy you want to put on your radar, beginning of the second round, middle of the second round, depending on landing spot in the NFL draft. This guy needs to be on your radar. You might be able to get a steal here when other guys in your league have never even heard of Fordham. Jacob, my soapbox is yours. Give me your spotlight guy. Man, where do you find these guys? At, <laughs> <laughs> at the combine. That's, I watched eight hours of impressive. combine. There you go. Well, there you go. It paid off for you. Yeah, let, let me let me start off by saying that these aren't guys that we're necessarily saying will be second-round picks in your rookie draft. These are guys where you're going to be in the third round and you're going to be stuck on three to four names. And we want these guys to be spotlighted because we think you should take them ahead of those three to four other guys. Right. We want you to base, know about them. Yeah, exactly. Have, have a little bit of knowledge on them. Um, I'm going to change it up a little bit from my past few weeks. I went wide receiver in both weeks with uh, Trey Quinn and Antonio Callaway. I'm going to go running back Justin Jackson out of Northwestern. He's a slim six foot, 193 pounds. Uh, just like your guy, he's a, he's a four-year starter for Northwestern. His first year at Northwestern, he put up a, a 1,200 yards on 4.8 yards a pop with 10 touchdowns. Uh, you said, uh, just like you said with uh with your guy, he the receptions are there. He has 22 receptions his uh his freshman year, that increased every single year. I'll get to that later. 2015, his sophomore season, picked up the yardage with 1,400. Five touchdowns. The touchdowns dipped a little bit, but he did uh he did increase his receiving numbers. 2016 was his best season. 5.1 uh, yards a pop, 15 touchdowns. That's 15 touchdowns. 35 receptions for 219 yards. You like to see that out of running backs. He's been showcased. And his senior season, he took a uh, had almost his worst statistical year. 1,300 yards, 4.6 yards a pop, 11 touchdowns, and his best receiving year. 44 receptions for 280 yards. You like to see that. He uh, he totaled 122 receptions his, his entire, entire college career. So uh, that's that's something I really like to see out of a out of a running back. Now, his combine, he had a pretty solid combine. He had a 40 time of 4.52. You might want to see a little bit faster out of a guy that of his weight and size, but 4.52, that's, that's not, nothing to shake your head at. Bench uh, 13, 13 reps on the bench, 38-and-a-half-inch vertical. That's that's pretty damn solid, wouldn't you say? Yeah, oh yeah, that's up there. Yeah, 20-yard tw- uh, sh- shuttle, uh, 4.07. Now, this is something that the NFL has been uh, implementing into their scouting lately is is the spark rating. Uh, spark, if you're not familiar with it, stands for speed, power, agility, reaction, and quickness. It's pa- basically a composite of all your scores from all the drills, and he actually tested – 
top four at his position in the spark behind guys like Saquon Barkley, uh, Nick Chubb, and Bo Scarborough. That's a pretty good group to be compared with. Now, he finished ahead of guys like Kalen Balazs and your guy Rashard Penny, Mark Walton, ahead of all those guys. I think uh, this guy tested off the charts considering, and he did he did pretty well considering the, the talent that, uh, that, that was around him at Northwestern. Some of his highlight games in college, uh, sophomore season in 2015 at Wisconsin, 140 yards, one touchdown. And then against the upper echelon teams in 2016, Michigan State, Nearly capped 200 yards and two touchdowns, and in 2016 as well, Iowa with 170 yard, 171 yards and one touchdown. This is a guy, like I said before, that if you're stuck in the third or so round and you you really don't know where to go, I think this is a, a guy that can that can get on. Maybe like a Chris Carson did in Seattle. I think he's very capable and he's very uh, he's very well rounded and can produce in running and receiving. I agree. I like him a lot. And the, the, like we said earlier, these are spotlight guys. These are names to pay attention to as you start doing your homework for your fantasy drafts. You know, write these names down. Chase Edmonds, uh, Jackson, write the names we gave you in the first couple episodes. When you're watching the NFL draft at the end of, uh, what, March, April? At the end of April, you know, make a note. Oh, man, this guy got drafted by this team. This guy got You know, we want you to be aware of these players because these are not the top 10 players that everybody knows of when your dynasty these players that we're spotlighting are going to help you win your dynasty league by stashing good talented depth behind your starters in case you ever need them um jacob anything else to add man we're about to head into free agency at the beginning of next week um nah, this this is my favorite part of the offseason when free agency picks up yep i my know you've always favorite. been a, you've always been more of an more of an off-season fan, so I know you enjoy this time the most. I'm sure you'll be paying attention to that. I'll tell you what, why don't you pay attention to the free agency since I did all the combine scouting, and uh, I'll let you bring me the notes next week. How's that sound? I'll, I'll pick up the slack. <laughs> Sounds good. All right, we're going to wrap things up here. Flex Appeal Show, Dynasty Fantasy Football. Episode 4 is in the books. Uh, I am Ethan Paul, my co-host Jacob Tyler. We thank you for joining us. Don't forget to subscribe if you haven't already. Give us a review and a rating. It makes us feel good about ourselves. And follow us on Twitter, at Flex Appeal Show. You can interact with us there. Give us questions, player names that you want to hear about, interactions. We will respond with you uh, and maybe even include your, in, your, uh, your questions in the show. So... Uh, episode four in the books thank you everyone for listening Uh, we will see you guys next week breaking down some free agency news